bruce willis was dead the whole time there were two killers luke that's your daddy the robot did it snake was a good guy he really wasn't cheating they was in purgatory the whole time what everybody dies verbal kent is kaiser so say they killed old yellow oh my god everybody in this tyler perry movie got aids spoiled movie reviews hey welcome to another episode of spoiled movie reviews on the blackout tips premium podcast network i'm your host rod and this time it's been a while but we got a we got a visitor everybody what's going on stranger i am back i am back to watching movies can y'all believe this i'm sorry i was playing band breakfast and it, this shit had me a chokehold we have to wait till Marvel puts something out to get a movie review from Karen. Uh, of course, spoiled movie reviews are for people who seen the movie, don't ever plan on seeing the movie, or just don't care about spoilers because we spoil the movie. And today's movie is The Marvels. We saw it at a very special critics only screening. Yes. It was nice. We went out. We got to sit in the IMAX theater. They gave us a drink from the bar. Right? Which is rare. Like a mixed ticket. A mi- a, we got a mixed drink with a drink ticket from the bar. Uh, I had a Royal Flush. Um, it I was had a rum del- punch. Yeah, it was delicious. It was. They they have Captain Marvel theme. I mean, they have uh, the Marvel's theme drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was nice. But that also means no trailers. No trailers, y'all. Because when you a critic, you know they don't waste your time. It's just like here's the movie. movie. They don't okay, even be fucking around. Enjoy it in your plush for just these plush IMAX theater seats. You know, with they recline and and feel so comfy. They've they've upgraded at the regal yes they have we haven't been to the regal in a long time and we went in it was stairs and everything i was thinking in my head loud remember those stairs last time now what's interesting is i'm pretty sure i saw captain marvel in 4dx at the the same regal theater mm. that was my 4dx experience uh, it was back when karen i think worked had to work mm-hmm. outside the house so i had to go on my own yes. and it may have been a rewatch or something like we had seen it already or something or maybe i watched it again with karen but whatever it was and that that 40x was different okay that that was <laughs> that, slamming that, that, me around different uh, they might they might have even got rid of them at the at the regal i was looking like nick fury in the third act of this film after i got out of the, <laughs> after i got out of my back <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so that's um you know that's what you can expect but we do have a ton of comments to get to Yay! after we do our review now you know how we do here we do it very simple okay we talk about what we like then we talk about what we didn't like and then we score the movie from zero to five and keep in mind we do spoil the movie we're recording this the night we saw it but we can't put this out until tomorrow, tomorrow. at noon or whatever so y'all will see this tomorrow in your feed but um Let's go ahead and uh, get started. I mean, uh, the X-Men, okay? Beast was in the end right, of this movie. Beast. Spoiled. I told you we spoiled the movie, Beast. okay? If you hit play, this is your fault. You fucked up. The X-Men are coming. They have cometh. Yes, they have. Okay? And uh, look, they look good. Like, Beast looked it good. Looked great. Okay? Uh, uh, it was... It the was, whole movie did is like... <gasps> Yes, everybody was so excited. Uh, I, I I screamed out loud. I screamed out loud. I couldn't help myself. 
It was that good to me. It was that good. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna talk about what we like. Karen, I'll let you go first, but you know, let me say the movie is directed by Nia DaCosta. It stars Brie Larson, Brie Larson, Tiana Parrish, uh, Aman Villani, um, Sam Jackson is Nick Fury, uh, Zawe uh, Ashton is Darbin, um, and then uh, of course Lashana Lewis returns to um you know reprise her role as uh monica's mom um so uh let's get in oh the plot synopsis shit my bad um carol danvers aka captain marvel has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical kree and taken revenge on the supreme intelligence but unintended consequences see carol shouldering the burden of a destabilized universe when her duties send her to an anomalous wormhole linked to a Cree revolutionary, her powers become entangled with that of Jersey City superfan Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, and Carol's estranged niece, now saber astronaut Captain Monica Rambeau. Karen, give me something that worked for you. The biggest thing that worked for me it was very, very funny, and I appreciate comedies. Like, the whole thing isn't a comedy. But I really do appreciate the comedies because the comedy beats are some of the things that kept it moving. It kept the pace moving at a quicker pace because something happened and this thing, you know, you're laughing at some in the background, some in the foreground. Like it was always something. Somebody said something. Somebody did something. It wasn't like uh, uh, all the comedy wasn't slapstick. Most of mm. it was not. But look, to me, the comedy beats hit. Yeah, I thought it was very funny. Um, and I'll just add to your funny with the charisma of the stars. You know, I thought that because, um, you know, Captain Marvel, Carol, Carol Danvers already. I thought I, I loved the first Miss uh, Captain Marvel because I thought that it's hard to add characters to Marvel at that point and have them have their own comedic rhythm. And Brie Larson's kind of like deadpan comedy um it just works for me it's it's funny uh it's, it's definitely giving off like uh uh you know we make jokes about it it kind of became a running joke on social media but it's kind of giving off like that butch lesbian vibe of um and i say that with no you know no uh like joke intended is but in like a fun way mm -hmm. and like to the point where we you know we made jokes about her leaving her black family and all this shit and i love that it came back up as a serious note in this movie but yeah, uh, her, and then when you throw in um, the comedy of Iman Vellani as uh, Kamala Khan oh, and her she, family, she's just a star. Like I don't, she's know, a star. I for for those of you who have not watched her series on mm -hmm. Disney Plus, please go watch that because particularly the beginning of the movie, it'll fill in some things for you mm -hmm. because at the end of the series something happens and everybody's like oh my god what happened and then this basically picks up at the beginning and kind of feeling some shit that they didn't actually show you in the series but then you go now i understand how that happened yeah and so uh the charisma of the leads tiana paris uh just also killed it as like a hero she had a much bigger role here than um the uh not that it was bad or anything but the wandavision series was just not it wasn't about her right and so in this one um it truly like gave her a chance to shine no pun intended and um 
the way they balanced the three leads and and this truly became an ensemble cast an ensemble story everyone had like an arc to go through everyone had like a reward in the end a sacrifice in the end and so yeah the uh the way they handled and balanced all that charisma and stuff on the it just made it so fun on the on the on the screen what else did you like I like the fact that they were saying this is one of the shortest ones they've done in a, a long time. I'm glad. I'm glad. I do not know what it is that made everybody think that everything got to be fucking two and three hours. It does not. Most people nowadays, particularly uh, me and Roger talking in the car, where during the pandemic, people have upgraded their homes. It was like, why would I go out to the movie theater when I, I'm, I can do it in the comfort of my home? So... Mm-hmm. The shorter is for them. It, it the shorter is for them. It makes sense because it's more turnover. Because you know, if you three hours, it, but if you did two, if you did an hour and a half, the time you played one, you could have had two turnovers. You know, so it actually benefits you and behooves you for a profit margin to make shit shorter. Yeah, I, the runtime makes it kind of zip along for me, um, where you know. Uh, it could be a, in the negatives, you know, too, eventually, but um, they kind of just, like, expect you to either know some of these references that they're, like, picking from, or they just, like, leave leave you to it, you know? Like, um, and so there's a bunch of Easter eggs and ties to other movies and, and TV series and stuff like that, but I just like that it, it just, it doesn't fuck around. It's just, like... Look, we got an hour forty minutes to tell you this. Da da da. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry. And also, this is uh, this is like the twentieth movie. You either in or out by now. I had to be yeah. like this. And you know, if you're picking and choosing, and you decide not to watch shit, oh well. Yeah, yeah, I, and I agree. I, I mean, why are you seeing this? If this is your first Marvel movie or whatever. Right. But what I think is going to happen is people are cherry picking what they watch. We are super nerds. We watched That's all of Miss Marvel. We watched all of WandaVision. There's a lot of people who like saw a couple episodes of Miss Marvel, said, ah, this is for kids. It won't really matter. And they don't, you know, they don't see the significance of the ending of Miss Marvel as a series right. when Captain Marvel like falls and you know bust through that closet door mm-hmm. and that's the same scene that starts this movie basically and they won't know that you know that's so that's true um so it's gonna take knocks from those people who are like this is just silly it's like well whatever um another thing i think i liked was balancing tones so these three protagonists come from three separate types of tones in their movies mm-hmm. captain marvel as as deadpan funny as she is that first movie is very high stakes, very serious. Yes. You know, um, and, and and there's serious stuff that happens in here, but, you know, t- all of them can be serious, but, like, different tones, right? That one's a more of a, like, it's action, it's serious, it's about loss, a grief, and abandonment, and all this stuff. Okay. Miss Marvel, very funny, very young adult, very will-they-won't-they-go-to-the-dance yeah. type of type of thing and so that's a different tone and then of course wandavision different tone different character Mm -hmm. what i thought was funny was the way they played like their powers making the swap was also kind of like the way they kind of swapped them in and out of different stories the biggest one for me being of course um when they went to i think it was 
Alanda or Aladna. Um, but it was like Aladdin because they had almost like this Persian Bollywood feel mm-hmm. to like the planet where everyone has to sing to communicate. Which is great. And we see Carol drop the deadpan and she's a, like a Disney princess and stuff. And that felt like such a touch from like not just like from Nia da Costa for the girls, for like it was like a fun thing that doesn't go in Captain Marvel. If you have Captain Marvel 2, not the Marvels, I feel like that's not something that gets in there because that's just not the tone of the character. But when you have Kamala Khan, it like it, it feels like a Bollywood moment. She's dancing already and stuff. And it just, it was so fun and nice. And um, when it comes to Monica Rambeau, her getting to be in an action film. We saw her kind of assisting in WandaVision, yes. protecting the kids, but we didn't get to see her like use her powers and physically fight all these people no. and do action scenes the way Captain Marvel got to do action scenes. And so, uh, and then of course, Kamala Khan is in a big stakes adventure. Like we got to see her fight intergalactic people and stuff like that and be on the big screen. So I just like that they tonally had three different tones. This is a big ask. They had three different tones, an hour and 40 minutes to do it. And I thought they combined them in a way that, sure, it was silly at times. It was out of place, but in a way that was intentionally like that. They knew it would be jarring and out of place and funny and and serious and all that stuff. And so I really liked that. I did, too. And and to kind of talk about what you were saying with Carol, it also lets you know when Carol was out doing shit, she was actually had a life outside of that like it was no film you didn't talk about like she's been traveling literally all over the universe so she was bound to adapt and adjust to different cultures and all right. types of shit so it was fun to kind of see her in a different setting it was also just smart because it was efficient storytelling because we saw at the end of captain marvel her being like i'm going back and i'm destroying the supreme intelligence and this shit ain't over, blah, blah, blah. But we never see the repercussions of it. And not to get too deep or whatever, but it, I couldn't stop thinking of current events with the, with the Israel-Palestinian stuff where it was, we're literally talking about refugees, we're really talking about settlements, we're really talking about an empire that um, not, you know, like we're talking empires, we're talking rules, peace treaties, violating peace treaties, distrust, trauma, trauma cycles uh the you know the 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 cree feeling like well you know you fucking destroyed our our shit even though you caused all this war and stuff uh by destroying the ai that ran everything the supreme intelligence and that trauma uh that we had going through civil war and destroying our planet we're gonna take that out on these other planets we're taking their resources we're doing we're we're destroying other people we don't give we were hurt so fuck everybody else that was hurt um and the cycles that that you know creates and i just thought that was like I know they didn't. Obviously, they couldn't have meant to plan that, and and, and maybe it's just one of those things that's on my mind right now. But man, it just it was kind of timely in the like, oh, this won't end because no one's gonna put their version of the gun down. You know, when it's their turn to shoot, they're like, you shot me, and I'm shooting back, and then the next person is gonna shoot too. You know, and so I felt like that was a timely message in in the movie. Agreed. Um, and uh, my next thing is we kind of talked about it, but I know we talked about the timing, but I like the fact that it was a fast pace. Like mm-hmm. things that like they didn't fuck around. They it wasn't drawn out. It wasn't dragging. If there was something that you were quote unquote bored with, you didn't have to worry about it. It was moving on to other shit. 
Yeah, and um, I, I forgot to mention this, but when you said, you know, the backstory, Carol's guilt is now explained in a way that, because that character, and this, so this is the shit when I like Marvel, when I love Marvel, when it's the best thing in the world to me, is when it that feels like there's a plan. This is a movie that feels like there was a plan. Now, look, maybe they just cobbled it together to make it look like it's playing, but I truly believe this felt like like they had I feel like they had this figured out before they did Secret Invasion. I do too. And um, I think Secret Invasion was afterthought in some for some for some things. Yeah, and the thing the reason I say this felt like a plan, so the backstory of Carol going back and having all that guilt from destroying the Kree homeworld holla and then completing the the karmic circle of like helping that planet get back what you know like the things that it wanted uh, like to help it live again um it explained to me her character because her character is a little like uh, can be sullen a bit like she doesn't embrace being a hero in the way it's not fun for her it's not mm-hmm. you know and it's if it's a responsibility and her character arc is one of always feeling like she's letting people down you know um which some of my favorite heroes that's their backstory kind of is i just don't want to let anybody down and life is life you're gonna let people down accepting losses uh and 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 i love the arc of like her on the planet where they were saving the scrolls and and like being like we can't save everybody we save who we can save and then near the near the end you know going and literally refiring up the sun for holla where you're like yeah you you know great power great responsibility in in, in other words and um it's it explains so much about her and i like that and uh uh also for me uh when you talk about the thing i love the way they did the flashbacks I love that they were smart to use, like, the Cree stuff to kind of read people's minds. And like you said, they basically did flashback through movies to kind of fill you in. And they even showed you some things that they didn't show in the movie theaters to kind of give you more background. So they filled the holes within the type time frame without actually having to cut away and give us like the five or ten minutes that a lot of you know other movies would have gave you that's like nah we can snip it in here and flash it and 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 give all you this these things that can fill in holes in a quick form of a flashback yeah another thing that worked for me was the cons the family of Kamala Khan is just—they're yes. their own they, character. They steal the show. Seeing them, that, that like as someone who read these comics and stuff, that feels the most like a comic book type of thing. Like putting this family in the middle of like saber and space but- battles and seeing flurkins and all this stuff, and that is like the height of what comics can be. Is this like? We're taking the ordinary and being absurd with it and trying to have fun with it. And uh, sometimes I feel like, you know, because it's real life and there's schedules and, and actors and contracts, you can't always get that. And Marvel's one of the places where when the plan is working, you get stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, seeing Kamala Khan's family and, and just them still feeling like you're watching Miss Marvel in a lot of their scenes was yes, so fun. Yes, yes. And like you said, if you watch Miss Marvel, it's just a joy. You you understand Kamala Khan's joy. 
Right. If you watch Miss Marvel, if not, you're like, who is this kid? Where did she come from? Like, like, like it'll throw you off a little bit. But if you watch that entire series, you understand, you will even understand the bangle she wears more. Right. Because it goes into detail when she says, "Did you get that from her, my grandma. You was like, that's right. You, and then you got it from, you did get it from your grandma type of thing. And so it actually, like you say, it links everything. It makes uh, Miss Marvel in my mind, particularly like you said, if you watch series, mean more and stand out more in the in the Marvel uh, cinematic uh, universe. My uh, next thing is we didn't get a lot of him, but I actually enjoyed what we did get of Nick Fury. I mm-hmm. love old man Nick Fury just being old and black. He was just like Papa Nick Fury yes. in this one. Like, there's some action. Uh, there's some action stuff in there, but you know, and I, I think this is gonna probably get clowned by a lot of people. But he's a 70 year old man or whatever, right? And like some of his action scenes, I was laughing because like he literally has a couple action scenes where he's like in a seat. Like, like, like he's sitting down fighting people, and I was like, yeah, because you know, like that he's washed the gender Nick Fury, and I love the the washness of him. But yeah, uh, I agree, I I enjoy him as well. Um, another thing that worked for me was um the uh the final um scenes at the 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 mm-hmm. at the, the the stingers in the credits, the first one the x-men yes oh my god and and, and the the, x-men and the thing about it before they showed beast the uh the character looks like her mom lashana lynch yes in that universe um might and i at first thought when she got up i thought she was playing storm or something okay but i i don't i don't know that she is you know but she could because so uh the thing is in some Marvel comics, her mom is the the is Spectrum and mm. and Captain Marvel of her own, and then in some it's it's Monica. So um, it was interesting to see like what they're gonna do with her. Is she gonna be like? Because she's obviously on the X Men team or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I want to know what character she's playing on the in the X-Men because you know it could be I didn't recognize the insignia and I'm, and I'm sure the nerd YouTubes are gonna give us the facts yes they're gonna and, tell but we you. just saw this tonight we don't have all the backstories right. we can't look anything else Mm-mm. up so, so we, we, I can't wait to see who that is we don't know and it was really fun and just to see Monica's response just the apology and the tears I was like that's something that she had really been holding on to because she was like, I blip, I come back, my mom's gone. I come back to the hospital and there's nobody there. Like, the fuck is happening? Yeah, so, like, Maria Rambeau possibly being, like, um, because I think we also saw Maria Rambeau in Doctor Strange. We did. As one of the, she was their, their Captain Marvel. Yes, she was. So, like, this could be a universe where she has powers and is, like, their version of Captain Marvel. And, of course, you know, it's, it's like, wonderful but heartbreaking. Like, once again, shout out to Tiana yes, Paris and the acting. acting. Because it was, like, that scene where she's, like, I got my mom back. And then you can see, like, this woman don't know you. Yes. And, and like, then she starts to realize that yeah. this, yeah, that this and then is Beast not really comes her in. mom. Uh, but uh, so that's one cameo so great post 
I cannot wait to see what they do with the X Men. We've been wanting this so long, mm-hmm. and 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 the big dogs are back. I, people keep trying to do like this. Marvel's declining. It's falling down. Let me tell you something. What people will always fucking forget. Marvel has been doing this with the B team from day one. Yes. They just got the A team back in the X Men. Yes, when they- and the Fantastic Four. Like those are the real like. Those are the Spider-Man. Those are the ones that they sold off that they couldn't get back. When they drop some X-Men shit and it's got that Marvel quality to it, y'all wait till you, these motherfuckers see what they do. Um, but the second one was Kate Bishop. After the credits, we get... Uh, yes. it's It's like the Avengers. It's like the end of Iron Man 1 post-credits. And I and I, I can't wait to see when people break this scene down because it is very it feels like Nick Fury showing up to Tony Stark, but of course it's played for comedy because it's Kamala Khan, the and you biggest know she fucking gonna nerd. Be sweet and she gonna be kind and it was it was just hilarious. She was in the shadows and it it it, it was like oh yeah this is just how I was like oh we gonna do the Young Avengers let's go yeah and she's the biggest fucking nerd like right so she's so she gonna be geeking out about everybody's powers she shows it's not just the powers it's the code names and the, she gets off on being the Nick Fury of the Young Avengers and the idea of her like recruiting was so dope um and, and so yeah I, I I I love that stuff and I have a lot of questions for what comes in the future but it but this is one of the things that people will like use as a knock but i this is something that's a positive for me when you do stuff like this it feels like there's a plan yes i like when there's a plan i don't like when it's just like we're trying to shock you i'm like y'all did say y'all were gonna do the young avengers oh here this is what this could look like and i'm now excited because i want to see these characters interact together and when they bring up like i I heard ant-man has a daughter and you're like oh cassie's gonna get involved yes and it's also one of those things where if you watched hawkeye you benefited from from it versus going who yeah exactly so i I'm, i'm i'm really looking forward to to just them having a plan and doing stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what? Anything else for positives? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that it was a woman villain. Uh, maybe it's just me, but I love the way Marvel does they, woman's, they women villain. From WandaVision to this to um, uh, what you call it, Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Like, the when the women are the stars and they're done right, it is fucking fantastic because they let the women actually just shine right and so i really loved it being a woman vision woman villain and i love the fact that they were throwing punches they were taking punches you know i love that you know particularly with the final fight it was no men there Mm -hmm. whatsoever i was like oh yeah let them fight and let let the women fight and you don't have to have a man man coming in saving the day you know, there were no damsels in distress because they all literally could take care of themselves and could help each other out. And it's just one of those things where those movies need to be made in, ad- in addition to the other ones, you know, because some people are very traditional. But I'm like, mm, sometimes uh, you want to be like, bitch, I could do it myself. Yeah, that's I didn't even notice till uh, I was watching something. And Tom, that's Tom Hiddleston's wife in real life. The oh. Loki, the guy who plays Loki, that's his wife in real life. So look at them doing the Marvel, you know, getting that Marvel money together. Come on. Uh, but yeah, uh, the fights and the action were really dope. And yeah, it, it was women, but it wasn't all that like, 
you know, the thing where you fight a seven foot tall dude and you have to do the Black Widow flip and jump on his neck. They were just punching the shit out of each other. Yes, and I, they was. <laughs> I, like, there they was were so many. Fucking each other up. There was so many hits where I was like, damn. Like, yes. Uh, so I like that. And um, another thing for me was, um, damn, hold on. It was, uh, oh, you, oh the the way that they kind of like had the backstory for her but didn't like spell it all the way out where she was like the new ronin the accuser and we see you know because ronin the accuser was in guardians of the galaxy and he was the main bad guy with the hammer and he was for the kree and 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 so like her having that hammer her bringing up like the success her being a successor to and this like mantle of like kree leadership and being an enforcer and stuff they just kind of put it in there. They don't like hammer it home. They don't try to be like, remember Guardians of the Galaxy? They're just like, okay, maybe you paid enough attention, you'll notice this hammer. Maybe you'll recognize like the fact that she's with the Kree and all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, I kind I like that stuff about that character and that backstory um, and the complexity of uh, Carol being the annihilator and and what that means to those people. Something uh, else I love, I love their powers and i know we kind of talked about it before but what they did with their powers they made each one unique even though it was all quote-unquote light-based mm-hmm. each one of them could do something completely different with their powers and i like the fact that they didn't make them overlap right you know each one was like i can do this i could do this you could do this and then you know i like the kind of the cute little montage as they learn how to kind of work and sync with each other to kind of uh help each other whenever they would kind of go back and forth so i really love the uh the powers the last thing i have and then you can take it out from here but uh it was so colorful this is a very colorful movie uh with all the space powers and light and uh the action scenes and then of course like i said that planet that was like alanda or aladdin or whatever it was that planet was just colorful um even the destruction of that one planet that the Kree were refugees on was like amazing to look at like a lot of stuff just look great in this movie uh talking about powers uh if you pay close attention two of the three people were learning powers carol lily had mastered her powers but literally monica rambeau and uh kamala khan were learning powers kind of as the movie progressed along because monica rambeau she didn't know how to fly at first and nick Fury was like you're gonna have to fly like i don't know what to tell you but you're gonna have to use some shit you ain't never used before you know so it was uh, a a little detail where you just assumed that everybody knows how to use that but i like no you know carol been doing this for decades so of course she mastered a lot of shit and learned and figured things out on her her, her thing was learning to work with other people because she's such a loner that her thing was just i you know i could do this by myself and i love how kamala khan was such a fangirl of her but that moment where she's like i didn't even really allow you to be human you know because i was such a i was just looking at you as captain marvel not a person and when she started realized she's carol danvers with real problems and a a black family she left behind and all that stuff it was <laughs> you know it felt good and what was hilarious uh when they was like what did you call her your aunt and then uh kamala Khan's mom said uh then somebody's like they don't look alike about families are complicated mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it was just hilarious to me oh also I absolutely love the villain being the Cree. And you know what? The whole time I was watching, shout out to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
because it made me be like, thank God I watched that series because this shit makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because Agent Sid literally took their time to actually have an understanding of the Kree and all that type of stuff and the technology and things like that. And so for me, I was like, this may, in my mind, maybe just me, this may Agent Sid have a completely full payoff years after the show ended in my mind. Sure, I think uh, they also did enough to set it up in the movie universe, too, with Captain Marvel having the scrolls and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy having the Kree. Um, and, uh, like, I, I feel like they've done enough to, to, like, really help. But you're right. Like, it started at Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., Tahiti being a wonderful place. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see them still keeping those elements alive. Yes, it is. Uh, and I'm trying to think. I think that's it. The Flurkins. I really like the Flurk. I kept. Oh calling my them God, cats. the Flurkins were so great. I kept calling them cats. My bad. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, you know, I, I don't mean to be a uh, asshole, but I kind of figured out the Flurkin thing before they did it, and I was like, oh. They can just use the flurkins to get off the thing. You just have them eat everybody. But it wasn't just that they, that you know, that was, I was like, that's what they should do. But it wasn't just that. It was the fact that they fucking made it so funny. Like, yes. everyone running and, of course, being scared to get eaten. But this is how they're li- going to live and survive. Yeah, and then somebody had to make a, make an announcement across the PA system. They was like, please stop running away and allow the flurkins to eat you people. Please stop running away. We but trying to save your lives. So it was just hilarious. It's a cat, c- c- Cthulhu or whatever the fuck. And so, yes. of course, your primal fear was like, no. And I love that people still were fighting it to the last second. No, so, they were yeah. running left and right. That shit was fucking hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the flurkins actually actually uh, stole uh, the show. Uh, I, I actually really love the singing. I hate you talking about that planet. The, and, and the reason why I said the sing because it literally came out of nowhere where Carol was like, get ready. I was like, get ready for what? And then everybody just busts out singing. It, it was it was just, like you say, it was fun. It was joyous. It was very uh, uh, a positive thing. And also my last thing is I, I do think the point for Carol is that you can't fix it all by yourself and you can't do it all by yourself. I think that was the thing because you know, she's been a soldier. And not only that, she's been a, a soldier that's kind of been alone, dealing with grief, dealing with regret. You know, that you know it opened up some things on why she didn't come back, you know, and things like that. So I appreciate them filling in holes and filling in blanks, you know, about the particular character. And I know, at, at, or I feel, I don't know, I feel as, as, as we get more movies, you're going to... M- probably see a more i don't want to say evolved version but a but a different version of curl mm-hmm. anything else Mm-mm. all right let's get into negatives carols there's anything you didn't like Mm-mm. all right uh i have a couple things i'll point out um the first like so i like that the villain was a woman but i felt like they kind of did a little bit of what they did in thor the last thor where we needed to see her like fuck up some other people mm, um for that, a couple that, minutes that would have been nice yes. yeah and I, I just think you know maybe they felt like you know that cuts on too much time or something but i think you always like it's always dope to introduce a villain with them kicking somebody's ass so we'd be like oh maybe our crew was in trouble when they fight them even if, like you said even if there's nothing 
even if it's something as simple as her hitting a hammer and the whole world yeah. crumbling or or something like that or you know like she, in the last door the thing that bothered me was you know this dude is the god killer and he we don't see him get to kill gods yeah now i agree with now that now it for that last door movie yeah if they i agree if they really wanted to take that door over the top we should have seen him, even if it's nothing but a minute and a half montage of him mm-hmm. just going around and just fucking him up. Now, I don't know if other people will feel how they'll feel about this last one, but to me, felt like a thing that might become a life of its own on social media when people talk about this movie. What was the lesson for Holla, really? So, Holla, the people, mm. the Cree had the supreme intelligence destroyed, they had a civil war, they destroyed their own planet. They stole an atmosphere from another planet, killed a bunch of Kree. water? I mean, still a bunch of scrolls, killed a bunch of scrolls that got left behind, um, that went to go live with Valkyrie. I like that, and hopefully that'll be in the next door or something. But still, like, you know, <laughs> kind of interesting because this is one of the reasons I say it felt like Secret Invasion wasn't planned. So the scrolls can go live with the Asgardians. But the entire fucking secret invasion was, we ain't doing that? What the fuck? Anyway, um, another reason it don't feel planned is we ain't see Nick Fury's wife. That's another weird, like, anyway. Uh, sorry, don't mean to harp on secret invasion. That's not what this movie's about. This review is about. But um, the other thing was, like I said, they take the atmosphere. Did they take all the water from that planet or not? Do those people get destroyed? They got left behind. We never go back to check on them. This planet where she's the princess of the planet and it's under her protection and they have to leave. I mean, I, I mean, are they those people alive? Are they dead? Do they need a home? It's going to be interesting. I think I do agree. That's something, in my opinion, that I think they're going to have to address. Yeah, because, that's all. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, the way it ended. But a lot of people are going to still be like, fuck them. They stole our water. They stole our air. I hear that. But are they even alive to be like, fuck them? Are they stuck on a planet with no water? Are they oh, dead? That's true. What the fuck happened? Right, because it was never addressed. Right? Yeah, it just feels like a like a, a weird like. Uh, it's, I'm not even calling it a plot hole. It's just an unfinished like. Is this gonna be Captain Marvel three before we get or Mar- Captain Marvel two? I guess technically the Marvels again, where we like, oh yeah, that that planet. What the fuck? You know they mad now. Mm-hmm. Um, they gonna have to show up and sing mad. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna be rapping hard and angry. Yeah, for Captain Marvel to be such a character that's driven by like guilt and stuff, you kind of would expect to see like her tie up loose ends because that was her whole thing. She didn't tie up that Cree loose end and then she didn't come home forever because of that. Um, so I, I just think that was kind of a missed opportunity. I hope we see something more. Maybe it's something on the cutting room floor. I don't know. Um, the house and the bangle was weird for me too at the end we we see kamala kamala count kamala Khan only has one bangle again carol had the other one so carol wears the bangle now and kamala khan's got one bangle day okay it's just i put i just unless i've missed unless no I no no you probably saw it and i missed it okay. i just i don't know why she didn't get both Mm. like what is the bangle for carol so you know like why wouldn't come i think it's mostly because i was so excited to see what she would be like with two bangles like if we would get to see miss marvel season two 
and maybe she's getting a power boost. Maybe she's learning some new stuff because now she got two bangles and what can she do with that? But, you know. And, and it may be to keep them connected too. It may be, but it just, like yeah, I said, explain. I, they, don't, yeah. they don't even bring it up. Um, mm-hmm. And the last thing was, like I said, the house, I didn't really understand, like, are they moving the cons out of Jersey into, like, Louisiana or wherever? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Monica's old house? And what does that really mean? Like, like maybe that's something for them to address in, like, Miss Marvel Season 2, because I don't remember that from the comics, and I may just not have read the the run of something like that, but part of the thing for Miss Marvel that's so dope to me is she feels so New Jersey. Like, yes. her family feels, her community feels, the school she goes to, and it feels weird to put them in Louisiana as, you know, it's like putting Spider-Man in Louisiana or something, and there you can have fun with that, you know, the movie No Way Home and, and stuff was kind of fun, but not, like, I hope it's not a permanent thing. I hope they get back home home at some point because i, I feel like new jersey is a character in that mo- in that series it is and i want i want more of that you know so yeah and they have roots there right mm-hmm. so it's not like it's a small thing but it just it feels like they have family up there and all that and you're just kind of uprooting them could be a fun fish out of water thing for a little bit but just to me they can't really live there in that black woman's house uh oh like that yeah and also uh making me think and this is a small critique i could see somebody uh having a desire it be a little longer Mm. i could see them saying it was too fast paced right i could see them saying that you know you you didn't explain you know Mm. for some people particularly if you didn't watch some of the other series and they just kind of just drop you in uh, I could see, you know, people saying they should explain more and maybe you add another, you know, 15 to 20 minutes on to it. But for me, it was perfect. But I could see that being a complaint from somebody. And the last thing um, was a little and this once again, this is not my issue. And it might I it's not going to bother me. But if I know the blurred nerd spear, it's going to be a problem. Motherfuckers gonna act like Monica got magical Negro sidelined again because she saved the planet and sacrificed herself and ends mm. up in another dimension or whatever the fuck. It just feels like motherfuckers are gonna act like that that makes that character somehow subservient when I think it makes her a hero in this case. Right. She's not literally taking care of a white woman's children in the major battle. She saved the whole fucking universe and she ends up in the universe with an alternate version of her mom which feels more like character arc development and closure uh, you know and intrigue but I just know how motherfuckers are and I'm just bringing it up now because I know some you know I don't even want to say hotep just Certain type of black nerds are looking for that type of grievance and will come away from that with this. And I, I, I you know, I will see how that works. Agreed. All right. Uh, zero to five. Let's rate it. I give this a four and a half. It was very enjoyable. I liked it. I had a ball. Uh, the end scenes were great and everything was good all around. I agree with you, man. I give it a four and a half out of five. I really enjoyed this. It felt like a return to like marvel I, actually you know i give it a four it felt like a return to like the marvel movie stuff that I, I i'm not nitpicking but the things i brought up about them not really addressing and bringing full circle would have brought it to a five for me like if you really would have like 
we even in a stinger post credit thing go back to the singing planet and they're like oh they only took 20 percent of the water that's fine we're 99 percent water or something yes or like they look and they're like oh we discovered some new land under under the water we don't care like just something to like make it like full circle um would have helped um but uh you know i don't want to nitpick it to death but i just feel like you could have got there it just didn't for me um we got uh, a few comments okay on some reviews some by myself some we did together uh let's start with the ones by myself so we can get through those and then we'll finish with the one together okay got a new comment on the harder they fall sandler agony says hadn't seen this in two years and this is before the Jonathan Majors commit, committed career idiocy. Shit was a bop. The direction, the act, acting, the show, shootouts, the vibes, casting, even Majors, it all hit. Shit came out the same year as Power the Dog. And it it's everything that film is, in my opinion, but better, more engaging. Can't wait for director James Samuel's next film, wonderful debut. I agree. Yeah, finally watched it, and y'all were right. You know, Black Twitter didn't steer me wrong this time. Uh, let's see uh, the ballerina one comment Gina Gates says I'm so glad you reviewed this I really enjoyed it too have you watched the glory it's a it's full it's a full on K-drama not as much action but it really delivers in the riveting anti-hero department I haven't watched that one yet um, you know I, I they, it's recommending me in my algorithm a lot of like K-drama related stuff because I've enjoyed a few K-dramas uh, but uh, if what I hear everybody said that's a good rabbit hole you go down that rabbit hole you be in it yeah they I mean they know what they're doing over there um, then no hard feelings I got three comments on this then this came on Netflix after you know coming out earlier this year and I think it was like either Sony or or HBO type and it just you know everybody's selling shit now they're getting rid of it so uh, M. Colzada says, totally agree with your comments on the challenges of, wait, this, I don't think they meant to leave this for the, I don't think this is for this review. It's, it's about Democrats and Republicans. So I'm, I'm just gonna not, I'm gonna skip this comment. I don't think it's for this. Uh, <laughs> something else. Yeah. Ronan Raphael says, this was just a good evening watch and respect to Jennifer Lawrence. For some reason, I completely forgot her name. Can't be the boobs. It ain't Selma. Yes, uh, she was committed and I applauded. Honestly, didn't feel any kind of way at the end. Just felt good to take a break from my regular watching stuff and deal with white problems. Or as Bernie says, middle America, you covered it all. Now, Rod, if you had a dog, what would it be addicted to? Cocaine dog got me thinking. We got cocaine dog and dog in 2023 uh cocaine bear and dog in 2023 never seen a cat on coke if we do that's a sign it's over i mean i guess edibles at this point (laughs) a cat on coke we all in trouble uh edibles cat but it's just a boring movie nothing happens (laughs) right really calm his ass cat edibles terrible uh sandler agony says honestly if this film didn't feature jennifer lawrence belly to back suplexing those dudes like she was ronda rousey or kurt angle and a couple of gags like her getting maced by andrew barkman felt felt barth feldman who was otherwise very good no hard feelings is nothing more than a fu- a film with an uncomfortable plot device involving a woman using a shy barely legal young man into um into uh to maintaining her home and getting a new car probably liked it more than i than i should have since the cupboard on raunchy comedies has been more bare than the integrity of the ampt some of the more leisurely components involved 
involving the ancillary characters that aren't Lawrence Feldman, Matthew Broderick, and Laura Benati didn't really work. And I usually dig people like Natalie Morales, but she was just window dressing here. Saw this back during the summer, quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it did feel like the supporting characters didn't really have much to do here. They're kind of just window dressing and not really very funny on their own. Uh, you also said, um, also, Rod, regarding Netflix getting movies like No Hard Feelings, Across the Spider-Verse, and Bullet Train, Sony last year agreed to some multi-year deal with Netflix to put their films on the service instead of making some overpriced shitty app no one wants to use. Right. Yeah. Right, like they all have learned that that shit ain't worth it. Basically, the amount of money you paid Netflix is a drop in the bucket versus the fucking loss that you take trying to create the shit you're on. You never get a return on your investment. They don't pay Netflix. Netflix pays them. Oh. To host their movies. So it's literally, they went from losing money to making money. Um, The other thing, though, is like Sony still is trying to do some type of thing with the PlayStation where if you have like the PlayStation Plus, there's you get movies on their like playstation app or something it's it's weird but yeah i, I like this better because the shit is like that is just never really gonna work for people no. and you're literally giving it away on the playstation so it's not like people are really paying for that service you know yeah, and on top of that like when this shit first cranked out i was like hey you do know for a lot of consumers they don't know the fucking name of the, a lot of these studios they just want to watch shit and that becomes confusing and they Type in the name, it's not there, and then they're angry. Uh, for for once, Sony did a smart thing. Is the streaming dominoes are collapsing? They'll probably have no way home on there under one of those pay one windows once their exclusive deal with Stars ends, which I'm sure will be soon. Usually around the time where films realize in 2021 are on basic cable, like say FX, which is no stranger to Aaron Spider Man particular film content. Well, I heard that the Spider Man stuff is also coming to Disney Plus, so. Uh, homecoming and far from home are already on disney plus okay there you go no way home i guess once their netflix deal concludes we'll be on disney plus at some point hope that helped yeah appreciate it dog thank you um all right uh the last comment is for the creator um we had two comments this is of course is the denzel washington uh uh jr (laughs) <laughs> that's not his name it's the that's, john that, david washington uh that's movie. what i call him don't ask me why this that washington jr boy uh <laughs> old and black jay full said y'all brought up a lot of points during the dislike section that i hadn't even noticed or considered that being said i love the movie there was definitely a lot of plot armor but it didn't take away from the enjoyment i'm not into sci-fi too heavy so i was skeptical going in i think jd washington is getting nepo baby rose but i do think that having a black american protagonist really worked for me in this movie aside from walking around asia as a wanted person and not being found out immediately i thought i'd take a black american to understand the plight of the simulants who want freedom from slavery and to be left alone to live in peace uh here's the thing about what that though um i'm and i I hear what you're saying but i'm actually a little bit i don't take the message from the movies when they do this in the way that you're taking it i take the opposite message they start basically by making the black person racist to the robots like the robots are the new slaves and I, i don't like this new trend of like we cast a black person so they can be like fuck robots they ain't got the fuck you know well you know i didn't like it in uh our robot either like this a black man is the one that's the real race it's like fuck out of here hollywood 
you know, we would be the ones who would at least understand. Even if we weren't like freedom fighters, we'd be like, that's fucked up what they doing to the robots. And we sure would be. <laughs> so I don't I don't really like that. Anyway. Also, y'all tripping about that Napoleon. That joint looks good as fuck. It's been over a month since we did the the trailer review recap, but I don't recall saying that they didn't look good. I I thought it looked good. I just won't be seeing it in the theater. I'll probably see that shit when they send me a screener. And I think that's one of those like Oscar contending type of movies. We'll see if it if it plays out that way. But uh, yeah, I I didn't think I don't think it looks bad. I don't know. Maybe Karen said that, but I I I may have. I don't think I did. I may have. All I know was. That's not something that I want to see. It's shot great, mm-hmm. but I'm like, oh, I definitely won't be going to see yeah, that. Yeah, it looks like a good movie to me. I'm not, I'm not one of these blacks that do the like, I need to hate something because it's gonna win Oscars and it's white people in it. Like, I don't know, shit look good to me. I'm kind of intrigued. Sandler Agnes says, tons of ideas, very little payoff. The creator, in a nutshell, a movie that has such moving visual action sequences and special effects, you think it'd have the story to meet that potential, and it doesn't. I've seen this twice, and I was admittedly impressed with it. Uh... Uh, I did notice some of the shortcomings with the story and character development. I was just so impressed with the action. That alone was enough for me. Seeing it a little cold also helped. Uh, then I realized a couple things with old Gareth Edwards, the director of the creator. He struggled to finish his cut of Rogue One. Tony Gilroy basically was the cleanup director to finish what Edwards couldn't achieve for his vision crazy how much i love that movie despite how weird it's written at the beginning and of course fucking let them fight but not really but oh wait until the end though as godzilla from 2014 was a jumbled mess of epic proportions poorly written characters they wasted brian cranston for nothing he fucking worked and and it's mostly boring uh don't give a fuck how much of an ode it is to the original original probably is good make a godzilla movie with some punch gareth it's why godzilla portion movies are pretty bad uh back to the creator john david washington bless his heart just need more time with dramas he does lack range and all honesty Gemma chan should have been a protagonist in this or just giving more screen time instead of killing her outright leaving her to out of in out of place fat oh leaving her to out of place flashbacks she's woefully underutilized i know christopher nolan gets a ton of shit for how he uses women in his movies he wouldn't do this bullshit uh the inclusion of ken watanabe is a mixed bag right dog he called the character played by john devon washington brother three times what the fuck say his name man it honestly makes this character a little <laughs> unserious more of the script's fault but still who Kenneth- do you think he is me Ken is an amazing actor, but ugh. Allison Janney and Ralph Innocent were both fine. Have the same problem as most of the characters here. They're just undercooked. Madeline Yuna Voyales uh, is very good here. The best person throughout this uh, you actually root for. Even in the movie's supposed discussion of humans versus AI, is just not there. She does a very good job of her role. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the questions I always have in these universes are never the ones the movies feel interested in ask, answering. And it's just stuff like how would AI ha- change how humans work? How would it change how people make money? How, you know, like instead it's just like AI is a new slave. And it's like, okay, well, it, but we got to kill the AI. And we, but some people don't want to kill the AI. And like, I, I, I get there's going to be action and fighting, but I don't know. I think you can spend some of that time you know kind of just messing with the like not messing with but like showing us the ecosystem of this world and why things are playing out the way they are yes particularly excuse me particularly in this movie when the robots started dying and you seeing like real humans responding in the morning it would have made it 
it would have hit harder if you would have seen them working in the communities, teaching and uh, interacting or or going to classes with the children and learning or, and or learning, quote unquote, from the uh, adults, like more, like you say, integrated into the community. Right. Versus you just being like, robots are bad. OK, right. here they come. A boom. Something happened. And now we at war. Uh, Gareth Edwards and Chris Weitz, uh, or Weitz, maybe, just penned an undercooked script that needed more time and development to get this right. Yeah, because honestly, like Jay Full said, it, 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 there's good shit here. This isn't like mm-hmm. a shitty move where I'm just like, fuck. It's, it's kind of almost the, 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 the thing you hate the most, which is full of potential, just didn't quite finish cooking. Right. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just tough, you know, because it's like, who knows? It's hard as fuck to make a movie, and who knows like what happened to get them to a point where it just didn't quite come together for for me. Um, and, and you know, it, it, and it's just so many little cuts. You know, it's the 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 acting, it's the script. You know, it's 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 the world building. It's just little stuff that you know it's hard to do. Uh, let's see probably needed to be longer I honestly needed to stick to just one subject and not tons of high concept things Edwards is just not that talented clearly this film does military conflict better even that is questionable but the tenants are right there the dra- the backdrop of using religion allegory with Asian people as the AI against the military and our white people some things just weren't thought out in the final draft glad movies like these exist at the same time however with all this barking for originality I just don't do what just don't do what this film did yeah this is this is the other thing the movie i think you know me and carol on the car talking about this on the way home and uh this is a tangent but basically i think we lost something when we started discussing movies like sports teams and the box office like the final score of a movie like Mm -hmm. and so a lot of the talk around the creator is from and some of these people are my friends and you know they don't listen to this but still they're my friends but a lot of it's been like this very pretentious type of like we need movies like this and it's like you're only saying this movie is good because you're rooting for it not i'm not saying i'm not that it's not good you're Mm -mm. saying this movie is perfect and 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 you're not acknowledging any flaws and i think it does a disservice because it sets the audience up to come see this movie and be like, what? what? Y'all were saying this shit was better than Star Wars? Like, nah, I'd rather see a Star Wars movie. What the fuck are y'all talking about? Um, and I feel like that's where some of this shit is going. And it's because we're literally rooting for the box office like you're rooting for a stock. As opposed to how people should watch films. Was it good or was it bad? If you listen to how many reviews we've done. Um, this movie in particular, The Marvels. It, if we were this is gonna be the movie with the most reviews talking about box office studio problems mm-hmm. a bunch of shit that ain't got nothing to do with this film not a thing and we didn't come in here on purpose and be like we're not gonna talk about that we just don't think that has anything to do with the enjoyment in the theater of a I, film I, I don't think about that as I'm watching the Marvels and yet look at the promotion of of of, of critics and, how and the discussion of the media about it online right it's all this is gonna flop that's not the point is it good or is it not you know it, whether like and then we use the box office to justify our feelings so it's like if i want this to flop or whatever then it becomes an indictment 
on Marvel and Disney and f- superhero fatigue, and we skip over all the successful movies that made billions of dollars or or a billion dollars or how, or made money. We skip over all that shit just to be like, mm-hmm. We deny the pandemic is happening. We deny that uh, the, there's a SAG after a strike, so you couldn't even do promotion for this movie with the most charismatic stars right. that that you want to helm this new era of Marvel. You couldn't even put these women on the red carpet. You couldn't put these women on late night shows hanging out together they couldn't even make promotional uh uh, social media posts so like that we've that's what this reminds me of when we talk about the creator i think it got a little bit overrated because the discussion was never about this movie it was about the boxes it checked oh new a new ip new uh big budget uh sci-fi oh john david washington and it was never like yeah but like should should this be a tentpole movie is this gonna be a movie where we want to live in this world and and do a sequel will you turn on it when it becomes a sequel now it's just another big hollywood ip so fuck the success of the first one you know i i'm so interested in stuff like that um as far as how it affects the discussion of the film but uh i think we've lost something when that becomes the rooting interest as you know as as opposed to was it good or not when we're talking about killers of the flower moon and we're talking about can apple you know like well apple got the money to have a bomb movie it's don't worry about that and like what are you talking about whenever disney has the money too but y'all don't say that shit you know these warner brothers been tanking movies for years now they still mm-hmm. figured a way out to keep put, cracking these things out um blue beetle you know box office people using that that because they don't even see the movie and then they use that to act like the movie wasn't good and i'm like i saw the movie it was really fucking good it was fun so anyway all that stuff to say that's a big tangent but all that stuff to say that like um uh, this is one of the things that affects a lot of criticism and 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 it's, it's fucking the game up to me it is and like you say i i don't know if it's generational thing or what but Anytime I consume something, I like to consume it kind of with a blank slate. I don't like to go in with preconceived notions. I don't like to go in with my arms folded. I don't like to go in with agendas. I'm like, am I entertained? Yes or no. Did I like it? Yes or no. And I all this is subjective. But when I listen to you, to critics, that's what I want to know. I'm gonna fuck about how much did it sell because there, there's shit that flops right. over the years that we all fucking love. But if you look at them numbers, the box office says this shit is a failure. How many things are cult classics? Because right. they they just good and it didn't. We weren't counting the fucking, you know, we weren't counting the box office back then. We were just like, I love Harlem Nights. I didn't care if someone tried to tell me like it didn't make what it should have made. I, okay, whatever. I'm still quoting this movie to this day. So anyway, big tangent. Didn't mean to get off on all that. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Um, This will be out, you know, you'll be listening to this, uh, I don't know, half a day after we actually did this review. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, if you're listening, uh, thank you for listening. And we already spoiled the movie. Yes. Uh, Leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We appreciate y'all. Till next time, peace. Peace.